plugged in, Chris? I am plugged in. Welcome to the Plugged In Podcast. This is Chris from Twitter. This is Joe Hawks, people. How you doing? The people are doing good, man. Um, go ahead and follow us um, on Twitter and now on Instagram at Plugged In Pcast. You can follow me at Twitter. I mean, on Twitter at Chrissy underscore Hustle. That's spelled. That's Hustle spelled H U S S L E. And you can also follow me at JLHB. That's JLHB510. Again, JLHB510. All right. So, uh, off the bat, man, we're going to talk about this disappointing finale to not only the Oakland Raiders' final game in Oakland, but also just an all around bad weekend in Bay Area sports. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was not. It was not a good weekend la- uh, last weekend for uh, for any of the Bay Area teams. I tell you that right much. Yeah, it was pretty terrible, man. And even even myself, you know, we were up at the tailgate having a couple of brews, um, got some screaming potatoes, man. You know what? I'm trying. You know what? It's funny those those potatoes that you ate. It was funny running into you and uh, Bully Ali. It, it it was just great just uh, being in the uh, in uh, Raiderville for the tailgate. Those potatoes were made out of duck fat, my friend. Those potatoes that you had were made out of was 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 a duck fat batter. I, really, for, it was the first time I ever had them too. What, is that exactly what 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 it it's, says? It's, it's, duck it's, fat. It's Yukon potatoes, regular Yukon potatoes, and then it's some, some duck fat and, and, and wow. lathered it up in, in duck fat and threw that thing on the skillet, dude. And I was full. It was the, the, unbelievably good. Yes. Duck, I, first time I ever had duck fat. I ain't never had crack, man, but I, I thought it was cracking them potatoes, bro. <laughs> Straight up, man. I mean, that's the thing you do. That's what that's what tailgating is really all about, especially on, on, on the case that this was the last game for the Raiders in Oakland. Yeah. I mean, they the like I'll, I'll say this. I'll admit to this. Niner fan through and through, but one of pretty much one of the best tailgates I've ever been to was this past Sunday at a Raider game. Unbelievable. Yeah, the, the, the environment was live. I, I mean, Bully and I, we, we kind of talked about it before we had met up with you guys, but the environment wasn't as rowdy as I thought it would be. Right. Um, you know, we had been to a bunch of games before that, Raiders-Broncos, Raiders-Chiefs, Raiders-Niners. Um, but I think it goes back to what we talked about in terms of the NFL doing a disservice to the Raiders and scheduling the Jaguars as their final home game. I thought it was a slap in the face, to be real with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they could have did a lot better, and the game could have been. I mean, it is what it is. It's not like they have a great record, and they disappointed the fans anyway. So, you know, let them play a better team, such as the Chiefs, the Broncos. I wouldn't call them a better team. But but you want – honestly – no, I, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, you it's, want AFC West. Yeah, you want it – honestly, it it would have been great. It would, I think it would have been – the Raiders were winning 16-6 heading into the fourth quarter, okay? Yeah. It would have, you know, I think if they would, if the Chiefs would have came, if they were up on the Chiefs, sixteen to six, and the Chiefs would have scored two touchdowns, it would have been bad. But they would have, you know, respected the fact that it was their, it was a common opponent. Yeah. The Jaguars, they don't even, they hardly play the Jaguars, and the Jaguars were coming off of five straight losses. You let the Jags score fourteen unanswered points to steal a game and leave a sour taste not, in their mouth. Not only did they steal a game, they stole the final, the final home game in Oakland. And slammed the door on the Raiders' playoff hopes. No question about it. I mean, remember this: t- the Raiders have now that was their fourth straight loss. Remember this team; it felt like just yesterday they were six, six and, and four. four. Yeah, yeah, and, and hopes were high. It, it, it looked like they were guaranteed to be nine and seven, 
Ten and six, maybe. Ten and six, if they maybe. Had, yeah, because yeah. I mean they they probably have one of the weaker schedules to finish the season. They did. I mean, you know, when they, they were six and four heading to heading uh, New York to play the uh, to play the Jets. Um, the Jets were just were not having a good season at all, and look and look what they they they, they lay a goose egg up there, losing thirty four to three, and then they got hammered. By they got the Jets. hammered, and then you're thinking like, okay, maybe they might have overlooked the Jets because they had the the Chiefs the next the following week. Same thing, they got hammered forty to forty to uh to nine, um in Kansas City. So I the Raiders uh it just six and four maybe they just couldn't they, they couldn't uh live up to you know the growing expectations that they were receiving from being a, a good team right then how about sure. the um how about the fourth quarter call with Derek Carr sliding um and, ridiculous and, and the refs calling him out of bounds I mean you could honestly yeah the replays will show in, in the TV broadcast because I was up in the uh, press box um, covering the game you saw it on the on the, on the screen Derek Carr was still in bounds. It's ridiculous that it's ridiculous that they were that that the Raiders had to um, one they lost they lost they, they lost that challenge there um, and losing a timeout and basically the the, the Jacks didn't have to worry about was uh, wasting their the only timeout they had left. Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a shame for the Raiders to to close out their their era in Oakland um, on, a, on, a, on on a play that on a game that that many will try to blame on a call but in reality you were up 16 to 3 in 16, the fourth quarter 16 to 6 yeah 16 to 6 they had, but 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 still it the game had a weird feel uh vibe to it because the jags didn't really have anything going for themselves but the raiders just didn't seem like they put anything on offense together i mean it was one of those games i thought that the i thought that the raiders could have could have just blown out the uh the jags they they they, they had i thought they were the raiders were a better team um, a little bit more talent. I thought talent wise, offensively, I thought that I thought the Raiders were better. Would they go into the game at as seven point favorites, eight point favorites? Yeah, I mean, you you're 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 heavy in the betting line. I mean, yeah, the Raiders were were home were home with, with, with Josh Jacobs playing. Yeah, that, it, that, but dinged up still with the shoulder, but still giving it all is all out there. Yeah, yeah, and you can see a, a little bit more of a carry share with uh, DeAndre Washington that game. He. he Oh no doubt, no question snaps. about it. Yeah, I mean, because every time it seemed like every like almost every major down, they were flip, uh, Gruden was flip flopping uh, with Jacobs and Washington in 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 the lineup. But that was just I think more so because of you know they don't you know J- Jacobs already you know is dealing with a shoulder injury and he's he never really has played these this many snaps in his career. Yeah. Um, before we turn the page and start talking Niners, last thing on the Raiders. Um, before we we shut the door on them is um has has there been any any news on on josh jacobs being shut down the last two games because i I think it's a travesty if if you take the future of your franchise and i mean i i get it why you played him in in the game against jacksonville because you technically still had a shot um but at this point against the chargers and the broncos i don't see any reason for him to play well he's already been ruled out for the Chargers. okay okay so i mean he's already he's gone over 1100 yards um he became the first Raiders rookie running back um, to rush for over a thousand yeah. yards. So I think honestly, right now you know that he, you know what you have in him in the future. Yeah. I think at this point, you know, he was named a Pro Bowl alternate. Him and Darren Waller um, were named Pro Bowl alternates, with, along with Richie Incognito. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this point now, you just sit down, Josh, Josh Jacobs. What, what else? What else are you going to gain from um, what more yards, more stats, more more yards and, and, and stats to add to, uh, to add to his stats? I don't, I don't see the point of him 
playing, um, especially if that shoulder is really troublesome, you, you don't want any more um, wear and tear on that guy. So you yeah. might well just want to sit him down. Let the shoulder rest. Right. Um, all right. Now moving on to the Niners, man. I, I was actually sitting down at the poker table when I when I saw. Much, I looked up lost? at the TV. How much money you lost at the poker table? I lost about one twenty. One hundred twenty dollars that I won the previous day, so it was oh, like not, okay. Well, I, you win some I broke even. Some. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. You, you take the wins and the losses, but uh, I looked up and uh, Julio Jones caught the caught the touchdown at the end. And I was getting it into it with somebody at the table actually. Yeah. And and they're you know like I, they were just, their fandom was taken over, and so I was like it's it's clear as day like Stevie Wonder can see that Julio Jones broke the plane on that final play. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that game, man? You know, and see, since I was, you know, I had to, had to be at a play reporter, Joe, on Saturday, on Sunday, so I Keep it neutral. I had to keep it neutral, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't watch my guys, you know, I couldn't support my guys on, on, on Sunday. You know, I I think, honestly, coming off the, 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 tr- the Bermuda Triangle part of their schedule where they play, where they went 2-1 and one against the Ravens, uh, excuse me, against the Packers-Ravens, and um and saints um and they just they just look i mean really they, I, I i think they just they really took a step back i mean george kittle had 13 catches on 17 targets you know that to me that's a that was a little too much um i heard yeah like half of the targets in the game were yeah. uh, george kittle and julio jones yeah I mean, it was, they were going back and forth it was like a great it was a great pitcher's duel you know yeah. you Big, you're a big big baseball fan, just like I am. It was like a good pitcher's duel. Both guys had 13 catches. I think they almost had the same identical number uh, in yardage. It sounds like it was playground football where you kind of just know who the big dogs are and you just keep throwing them. Exactly. The you ball. know what? That's a great analogy. That's exactly what it was. It was playground football. That's all. That's all it was. And and I, and and the and the Falcons have played better um, in recent weeks, even though the record is what it is. They're I believe they're five and nine now, but. They played tough. I mean, they beat the Saints. They beat the 49ers. I mean, you know, the Niners were heavy favorites. I think they were like a, a, a double-digit favorite going into that game. And Julio Jones, I mean, um, it's just still one of the better wide receivers. He's he's fast. He's strong. He's just – I mean, the guy can just catch everything. And and basically, the Niners never really wanted to double-dude. And I, I, I didn't understand that. Um, Especially in the goal line situation. Why? Right. I mean, you know that Matt Ryan, for the most part, is looking for Julio Jones on pretty much 90, 99% of the time. Yeah. Especially with no Calvin Ridley out there uh, for Atlanta. It was yeah. pretty much Julio Jones's uh, day. And, and you guys had just dodged a bullet because Austin Hooper had, had almost made a spectacular catch. I thought catch. that, to be real with you, I thought that was a catch. Yeah, because I, I mean, cause the thing was he had control through the ball hitting the ground until he rolled over and the ball and then bobbled out. it. So I, I think they was they 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 call that not completing the process of not the making a full, a full football move exactly is what they yeah, call it. Yeah. yeah, I mean I went back and watched the game and 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 you know what? Like I said, I I'm a huge fan of Kyle Shanahan. I think the play calling was just a little. Uh, you know what? I I mean I didn't watch any of the game outside of the final what th- two or three plays, and all I saw on Twitter was Shanahan getting the brunt of everything yeah you know what it is in and, and, and to be real with you a lot of um 49er fans that i've come across on on social media will say you know in the wins it seems like the, kyle shanahan knows how to call a play yeah. you know he knows how to he knows how to manage a game he knows how to what what plays to call but when they lose there's some there's some in the in the in the population that that will throw the game 
you know, the loss might be on the on the coach because there are times in the red zone they want to get a little cute, throw, you know, a little uh, pitch to uh, George Kittle to run the ball on the yeah. outside. So, you know, that's cool and all. I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I love George Kittle, but the, I don't like that play. You know, but – it's interesting because when things are going well and you guys are putting up 30, 40 points, right. there are things that nobody really... But winning, but you're right, though. Winning does c- cover a lot of stuff. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And then in the losses, you're like, all right, you know, you might want to play armchair quarterback later and be like, I might have not have called that play there on third and four, or I might not have uh, gone for it on fourth and one, something yeah. like that. I mean, we could say that it's revisionist history now, but I just think that really when it comes down to it, it just, you know, I think... Kyle Shanahan, like I said, the 49ers are going to be fine. Atlanta, you got to tip your hat off to them. They were hungry. They were the more hungry. They were the hungrier yeah. team. And, and it's a it's a results based business. So any any True play that. that you call, um, the you know the the um, the backlash that you get really depends on the results. So Kyle Shanahan can call a crazy play. You know if, if they get five yards, if they get ten yards, if they get a touchdown, a first down, whatever it is. Nobody really trips off of it, but in a game that you lose on the final, you know, on the final drive, right? A lot of guys are gonna, you know, just go tit for tat and point out every little blemish. It's funny that they can find. It's funny you say that because the, the, in the three Niners losses, they've only been they've only lost by by a total of like two seconds, because they lost to the Seahawks with the final, you know, on a final field goal. Yeah, they lost uh, to the Falcons basically with two seconds left. One possession game. And one possession game left. Yeah. And then they lost, uh, and in the other loss, they uh, they pretty much lost on the field goal to the Baltimore on on a last second field. So really, when when it comes down to the 49ers, it takes them like they're they're in the game the entire they're they're in every ball game the entire game you know but. I think, like I said, it was just a bump in the road. But to, you know, tomorrow they play the Rams in a, in a pretty much de facto playoff game. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be rowdy at Levi's, and you know, I think they're going to come out with a better energy. I think they're going to spread the ball around a little bit more now because I mean, you know what you have in George Kittle, mm-hmm. but Emmanuel Sanders, you traded you traded for him to become uh, a big time weapon. Um, Kendrick Bourne and Debo Samuel become complementary pieces, and the running game is still um, is still effective if um, Breida and uh, Raheem Mostert get their touches. But Tevin Coleman is a guy that's been you know up and down pretty much since his like four or five touchdown game he had against the car uh, against the um, the uh, Panthers. The I mean, overall, the Niners are going in there as, I believe, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, tomorrow night at Levi's, it should be a fun atmosphere. Looking ahead real quick, who do the Seattle Seahawks have this weekend? They have the Cardinals. They have Cardinals. Their, they, 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 so it's a, it's a divisional weekend. Yeah, it's pretty. It's and, a divisional weekend in the, in the NFC and, and, and NFC West, but, uh, um, and really in the NFC North because Minnesota plays um, Green Bay, I believe, on Monday on Monday Night Football. For, so it's, for it's interesting rivals. because I'm just looking at the standings, um, but I mean, we're going to transition to the Warriors in just a bit. But um, so hypothetical. So let's say Seattle wins and the Niners lose. Mm-hmm. The C- Seahawks go to. Four and one in the division. The Niners would drop to three and two. Uh, yes, um, and they would go to eight and three in the conference, and Seattle would go to nine and two in the conference. Uh-huh. And so, if you know, let's say the Niners hypothetically went up to um, Seattle and beat the the Seahawks, and Rick, they would be uh, on tied a, on, on across a pick, the board. Yeah, on a Richard Sherman pick six to end the game. 
I would love to see that. Yeah. He's got to get that hammy right first. Oh, no, he's healthy. I mean, guy, oh, he's good. He's good to go. He'll be playing uh, against the Rams. Yes. Yeah. But, but, but I'm curious just because, you know, if they're tied across the board like that, and they would also be split one and one on the year. Right. What's both, the, both teams cause, winning cause, on each other's Because the tiebreaker is based on head to head, and then you go divisional, then you go conference. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, what is it in. Uh, Common opponents. Common opponent, and I think if the if the common opponent is is tied there, I think the next tiebreaker would be the amount of points you scored against yeah. NFC opponents yeah. or something like that. Like there are plenty of tiebreakers, but I mean we love. I mean this is this is why we love sports, right? This is why we love especially football because every game means that much more. Mm-hmm. You know, it means so much. I mean, the Niners playing against a a Rams team that took a bullet last week against the Cowboys, but. You know they've been fighting back to them. You know fighting back to respectability after playing the Super Bowl last. It's it's it, and the 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 great thing about this weekend is no matter if Seattle wins and the Niners lose, if or Seattle, vice versa, yeah, vice or, versa. Week seventeen is gonna is gonna be the deciding factor for and, the NFC West. And that's what. And honestly, like I said, when it. Uh, if it ain't winning championship, if it ain't hard, if it ain't right, as a sports fan, you don't get it wrong. You want to see your team win, but you, I mean, you kind of want to see them, you know, earn that title. And and honestly, the Niners, this is the, really the first time they've really been competitive since 2013. I mean, you know, if they go up to Seattle and win that game, it'll be great. They lose that game, everybody wants to, you know, say the sky is falling, but they already clinched a playoff spot. You know this season is is already great. They've got a win, eleven wins. Um, Seattle is a is a far uh, one of the better teams in all of football. They have a great quarterback in Russell Wilson. Their 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 fans is one is is top notch um, in the league. They play in one of the more notorious uh, stadiums in terms of uh, loud um, um, in terms of being loud up in as called uh, Central Link. And is they they are just a, a a great opponent for the 49ers. So the Niners have to worry about getting past the Rams. The Cardinals have to worry about uh, trying to uh, stay competitive against the uh, Seahawks. But yeah, next week, uh, week 17 for all the Marbles. What, what more can you ask for? That's going to be a great game to preview. To be honest, that's that's going to be it. Oh, awesome we're going to oh trust me when we do our podcast, we're going to go. We're going to dissect that game and any and really a lot of the um, a lot of the big time. Um, games uh pretty much for the for week 17 because this is the last this is the last uh week of the season and a lot of playoff spots are still going to be up for grabs so we definitely going to be uh taking a look at that yeah yeah um we're going to stay out west um speaking of the sky falling we're gonna we're gonna go into the very last um loss from last week's horrific weekend in the bay area and talk about the warriors you know what do you okay? Matter of fact, we were saying we were <laughs> we were talking about this before we uh, got on. We, we started recording. Um, w- would that be even a, a a detrimental loss for a detrimental loss for like the car? The the Kings are coming from Sacramento, and they <laughs> it's funny they they have they have one less wins than the Warriors do at Chase Center. Warriors only have two wins at Chase Center. The Kings are Kings are actually a pretty good team, and the Warriors are playing with. Uh, a bunch of basically a bunch of backups that you know. They kind of remind me of that that year that Don Nelson just had a bunch of D leaguers, C.J. Watson, Kalinaz, Buki, Anthony Tolliver, those guys, yeah. <laughs> or what was my man? Um, there is a uh, remember God. that game that where where they went to overtime with like five players and then they had like their 
Oh yeah, they they would get a um a technical foul yeah, for every because yeah. uh, they only had five. Players. Any, no, they had five players in any time. There, there was a guy that had uh, six five fouls. fouls, six fouls, and so if he fouled out, they could keep him in the game. But they would have to shoot the free throw. They That's would give right. them a technical yeah. free throw. What was my man? Anthony Morrow was a guy I'm thinking about. Right? Yep. Remember Anthony Morrow? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that team. Yeah. That, oh wow, Anthony uh, Randolph too. Oh yeah, I mean, that's crazy. You're absolutely right. That is wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't really have too much to say about the Warriors. To to be honest, I think, um, my aim for them is to to really get a lottery pick. But I don't want them fucking losing to the Kings. I got I got too much shit to talk to 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 folks who are Kings fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of Kings fans, and so you know they've been. Are these the same? Are these the people who were Kings fans when they had like Mitch? When they had um, when when they were playing the C-Web Lakers? And, in, yeah, you, that, you know what? Okay, I can understand that, but I know fans who who were Mitch Richmond fans. Yeah, you know, like those Sacramento Kings. Uh, don't get it wrong, like you know. Chris Webber, Vladi Divox, White Chocolate, or Mike Bibby, or depending on who, whatever preference you had at point guard, Peter Stoyakovich, that team was fun. It was Doug Christie. Fun to watch. Doug Christ, honestly, I love, I've always liked Doug Christie. Yeah. I've always liked him. Uh, anybody who, who uh, gives uh, that, that touches up Rick Fox is good with me. Sheesh. Pretty Ricky is what they called him. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty Ricky was what they called Rick Fox. Oh yeah, yeah. Or or what was it? Uh, Doug Christie and um, or no no Bobby. Remember Bobby Jackson getting into a fight? Bobby Jackson. He was uh, actually with uh, Tracy was, McGrady. Yep. I think in uh in the tunnel. Yeah. yeah, he was actually one of the <laughs> one of the players that I liked. He he had a game that to me reminds me of Patrick Beverly. That is a great call. I, you know what, Chris? I was trying to figure out the other night when they were, when the um, Clippers were playing. Um, who they played there? Oh, the Rockets. I'm like, why does like Patrick Beverly reminds me of a guy? I just couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, you just brought it up. Yes, yeah. that is a very good analogy. Yeah, yeah. I mean they played, and I was fan of both of those guys just because of the way that they play defense. I mean, every point guard can score in the NBA, but when it comes to just like defense, I kind of look for those guys. Um, but you don't, you rarely have a guy that plays both ends. You know. They don't really play both ends, but you really have guys that play defense the way that they do. That's like Avery Bradley to me. And, and don't get it wrong, Avery Bradley isn't like will never be a superstar, but he is somebody that I would love to have as a team. Yeah, as, as a role player. As a role yep. player. Yeah, yep. oh, definitely. He can give you a little offense, but definitely he'll give you that defense. For sure, man. But uh, all I have to say, man, is that uh, all these Kings fans are starting to come out the woodworks. Um, How about this? Make the playoffs first, okay? You know, let, let's be real about it. The Kings have not made the playoffs, what, since what? Whew. Kings have not, not made the playoffs since when? Weber, um, before, after Weber went down with his uh, blown out knee against the Mavericks? I think that's the last time they made the playoffs. Kings haven't made the playoffs, you know, in years. Or how about this? Not draft Jimmer Fredette. Draft Clay Thompson, okay? You know, you let's, let, let, let's, let's be real about it. The Kings have a great building in Sacramento, the Golden One, but. Sorry, I mean, look, let's be real about it. They have young talent, but until they make the playoffs, no one's really going to take the Kings Nobody seriously. Nobody's worried about them. But, yeah, they, they came in and beat the Warriors, who are, I mean, are a depleted bunch. Um, you're right. I mean, if they get a first-round uh, pick or the top overall pick, they could maybe draft a guy like James Wiseman, who left school early. Yep. Um, he left Memphis, right? Yeah. I mean, he said, you know what, NCA, you screwed me over. I'm out of here. Whatever. Yeah. I'm going to prepare for the NBA draft. I'm a higher agent. So the Warriors, 
the Warriors can take that first round pick, maybe draft if they do get the top overall pick, draft Wiseman or take that pick, and maybe D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> maybe add uh, put D'Angelo Russell with the first round uh, first overall pick wherever they get a high draft pick, and like I said, I've already said it, they're going to get Giannis Antetokounmpo either by a free agency or by trade. You've heard it here, Chris. They're going. To, the Warriors are going to get that guy. All right, man. That's another conversation that we'll keep for another day. We're going to go ahead and start talking about the end of an era for NFL QBs, the elite of the elite. Before we get into that, hand me another beer real quick, my brother. Sure, I will do that. Um, we are going to um, focus this next segment on, right now, who we would consider the five quarterbacks of pretty much – the last 20 years um we have tom brady we have big ben philip rivers um both the manning so um peyton manning eli eli manning uh being drafted in 2004 and peyton manning being drafted in 1998 um then drew Brees coming out in 01 man it's it's really looking like these guys are all either going to be retired in the next year or two um, maybe some at the end of this season. Um, but I don't see, you know, the window being open for much of these guys for, for, for a much longer period of time. Oh, you know what, Chris, I can, I, maybe, maybe Tom Brady. And I, th- and you know what, it's funny. We always talk about Tom Brady's on the end of his rope, but this year more than ever, I think this is it. Um, they have, I mean, he's, he, they have no, they have no real offensive weapons around him. He's looking, starting to look like a shell of himself. Even though the Patriots have clinched a playoff spot, it's going to be tough for them to play in, in the playoffs this year with Lamar Jackson, uh, Patrick Mahomes, um, um, Deshaun Watson. You know, the younger guys are coming up that look like they're going to take the league up and uh, take it to new heights for the next 10, 15 years. Tom Brady. Um, Tom is, Brady looks like he's ready to be gone at the snap of Thanos' finger. <laughs> You, you you know what he's playing like he's disappearing i mean jesus i mean let, let, let's be real about it i mean when like he, just a hit from the wrong guy and he's probably just gonna evaporate or just like <laughs> as soon as he get gets hit like i don't know like he's just gonna dissolve into ashes mm-hmm. i mean i mean what, what, the thing about tom brady is that you know he has no you know he has young wide receiver i mean julian element is just is just beat up and they really have an experience at wide receiver after Edelman. They don't have the tight end anymore. Gronkowski's on TV looking, you know, look like he's lost total, a lot of weight, and he doesn't look like he's far removed from the game. Um, their defense is still okay, but you know, it's it's a lot. It's a it's a it's a year older defense, and sometimes they can play a little slow, especially at linebacker. Um, but you know, when it comes down to it, I think Tom Brady is still one of the you know still one of the better quarterbacks when you know when everything is going right. Um, but you know, you think about Big Ben, who's pretty much been out all the entire year, and if you've seen him, doesn't he look like an offensive line coach now? The man has put on a lot of weight. Yeah, the beard. He looks like a looks yeah. like a, 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 a department store grant, um, Santa Claus now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he has his two rings. Um, you know, when you look at it, a guy like. Um, uh, Philip Rivers, who you know, 
he's starting to slip. I mean, he, he he's starting to – I mean, the turnover bug. La- last week, as a matter of fact, the Raiders are playing them this week. He's terrible now, man. They played Minnesota, uh, and they got you – know, the Chargers just got housed 39-10. But do, do, do you think he's as bad as he's playing, or do you th- would you attribute that to, to the offensive line plans in San Diego? You know what? That's, good. That's a good question because um, – you are only as good as your offensive line, and, and he's, he, he's had um, injuries up up against the line. Um, I mean, he had the Chargers had seven turnovers last week against the uh, against the uh, Vikings. Four of them were from Rivers, three tur- three interceptions, and one fumble lost. Um, I think it might have to do with something with the offensive line. I mean, because every quarterback needs that protection because we know that Phillip Rivers isn't going to get up and run out the pocket for extra yardage. So he's a statuesque, he's a statuesque quarterback. So, yeah, there's a there's could be a, uh, the diminishing in play might be contributed to uh, the loss of, uh, of, of offensive line. Yeah, I just, I just had to defend my guy, Balta, baby. But uh, um, the next guy up is uh, Eli Manning, who I, I don't really know if he belongs in this club, but he has the two Super Bowl rings, played with some tremendous defenses. In He's New going York. into the Hall of Fame, and and, and, and and honestly, it comes down to winning. I mean, winning a, in, in this age now, winning means a lot to the voters. So he has two Super Bowl rings, and that, can get, that will get you a free lunch into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I, I mean, the conversation that we were having earlier, um, you know, Rivers, Manning, that they will forever be linked because of that trade. Eli Manning didn't want to play in San Diego. He got drafted by the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, Phillip Rivers end up, ends up going to the New York Giants at number was, – was it number two? No, he got – I want to say he got drafted at, uh, at like 10. Okay, like so he, but he was the second quarterback drafted. I know he's that, actually the third quarterback because Ben. Ro- oh no, no, you're right, second because Ben Roethlisberger was drafted a couple of picks later. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was almost like, you know, they the Chargers and the and the Giants did each other a solid. Hey, you know what? We know that Eli Manning doesn't want to play for you, and um, we'll draft. You know, we'll draft uh, Philip yeah. Rivers for you, and vice versa. And, and the funny thing is that Manning goes first just because of the the name, the pedigree, Archie oh, no, Manning. Oh, no question he, about uh, it. Yeah. Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peyton Manning's big brother doing tremendous things in the NFL. Sure. And the Chargers actually end up with who I believe was the better quarterback. You know what? It's and, and, and a lot of people will say, you know, in a regular season, yes, you think you have the better quarterback. Because, I mean, when you look at it, the better quarterback in terms of statistics, yeah, Phillip Rivers was, was what? Is the was, was, I mean, because when you think about it, everybody on this list except Rivers and Breeze were in the NFC. Was was Eli Manning's road to the Super Bowl ever as difficult as Philip Rivers? He had the the one fantastic year that they what was it they they beat the the Packers in the um, in the divisional round, yeah. Oh, the, the, the overtime game. Well, yeah, the 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 first the first Super Bowl in two thousand seven. Was, wasn't it a pick six that they went on? Uh, no, they ended up um, closing out the game on, on the interception because Brett Favre, being Brett Favre, just yeah. thought he can just throw any ball in any window yeah and yeah that like, that's rough far man you yeah. live by it you die by it yeah they lost they they beat the packers in overtime um there and then they put they went up and played the big bad uh patriots the uh the undefeated the Super Bowl. yeah and then and remember what helped the giants that year is that they already played the patriots in the regular season so they kind of already saw what they what the patriots were up both teams already saw what they were about and if it weren't for um Randy Moss and Tom Brady basically having one of the greatest uh, uh, seasons between a wide receiver and a quarterback. Um, the Giants might have won that game, but the Giants took the the Packers. I'm um, excuse me, the, uh, the Patriots' best shot 
it, and it, that game was in New York too. The, pa- the Patriots won, but they saw each other in the Super Bowl. David Tyree makes this unbelievable helmet catch that we still that people are still talking about in front of Rodney Harrison, and then the touchdown throw that Eli Manning throws to uh, Paxico Burris, seventeen fourteen. Hey, the the Giants were behind a good pass rush and a, and a good couple of throws to, by Eli Manning. To, ho- that Super Bowl. to hold a seventeen and O team to fourteen points, a, a historic offense. How many touchdowns did Brady throw that year? Uh, Brady 50? throw threw over fifty touchdowns. Yeah, to to hold that team to two touchdowns, I think that speaks more to. Was it uh was Tuck on that team? Justin Tuck, Matthias Kianuka, um Michael Strahan. That 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 that. Yumanura was the owner. Uh, OC Yumanura was he on, or was he on the yeah, next team? Yeah, no, no, no. There he was on both teams. Okay. Yeah, I mean the, the, they they had some dudes on that line. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about the Giants. They, uh, you know what? People will say this. Whenever the Giants are winning, they have a good pass rush. They have a good defense. Um, good linebackers tackling, and the quarterback is making yeah. plays when they when they can. And obviously, you need the game winning drive, so that's not trying to take anything from away from Eli. He got the amazing catch, but all in all, man, I think I think that defense really really shut it down that game. Sure. Um, but yeah, man, those I, two dudes that are just inextricably like their careers are tied together. Just just Manning and um, and Rivers. Another guy that's tied to Rivers is the uh, is. Um, his predecessor, Breeze, in San Diego. He spent his first three years in San Diego, and then, you know, the draft comes. Um, Breeze played one year with Rivers behind him, didn't he? Uh, yes, and then it was the year that they that they drafted. It was uh, Drew Breeze's last year with the Chargers, so 2004. Oh, uh, oh, 2004. Yep. 2004. Um, they went ahead and, you know, they drafted, they drafted uh, well, the Chargers did want, did want Eli Manning, but they went ahead and got, you know, bringing in Phillip Rivers, but that was the last really good year that the that Phillip Rivers, excuse me, that uh, Drew Brees had with the Chargers. Showed him that he, you know, they took him to 12-4, and four and uh, I mean, when he got, when he hurts his shoulder, you know, they went ahead and had to go with, uh, you was know. It, was it a labrum? Yeah, yeah. It was a torn labrum. Yeah. And from there, it was just, it was just, it was, it was tough. So, you know, it basically made the Chargers' uh, decision that much easier that they were going to go with Phillip Rivers because, one, we were not going to probably, we're going to resign um, Drew Brees and he's already hurt. So we got this quarterback that we need. I mean, the NFL is about cheap labor. I mean, they already had a quarterback on his rookie deal. So, like, like you know what? We have a decent defense. This guy, it seemed like this quarterback could be a good player. We already we sat him down for a year to, to learn the offense, to learn how to be a pro. And what look what happened. We, we, we insert him. He takes us to a, uh, to the playoffs. Um, and then the following year, they takes us to an AFC title game. Drew Brees ends up going to uh, New Orleans after the, the, the Dolphins says, you know what, we, we, we're going to fail you because your shoulder looks like it's still bummy. He hooks up with the Saints, and look what! And lo and behold, he leads the NFL all time in touchdown passes. He won a he won a uh, a Super Bowl for a franchise that's never won anything. Um, against he, another quarterback on that list, Peyton Manning. Against Peyton Manning, against a Hall of Famer that you know that pretty much um, people say the, the the quarterback position was tailor made for. Um, so we he, also just passed on the all time touchdowns list. Exactly. So Drew Brees, to me, well, once it's all said and done. I've always been one of these guys that you you know a player is a Hall of Famer. Why wait the five years or the mandatory time that players have to wait to get in the Hall of Fame? When Drew Brees is finished after his last throw, he should be thrown in the Hall of Fame immediately. 
I'm starting to see this as an ego thing between Brady and Breeze. Oh, trust me. Because those guys are pretty much neck and neck on that touchdown list. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see Breeze pretty much trying to stick it out until Brady decides to hang it up because I don't think he wants to end up behind Brady on that touchdown list. No, he doesn't. I mean, he's already two back now. Yeah. I mean, they're going to go – I think, really, they're going to go back and forth for the rest of the year, maybe into next year, depends on if Tom Brady signs back for New England because he is a free agent. I mean, matter of fact, both guys are, Drew Brees and uh, – and, um, and Tom Brady, but we don't. But I almost am certain that Drew Brees is going. They're both, you know, especially Drew Brees. I think he's going to go back to New Orleans. Yeah, this question mark in New England um, about um, Tom Brady, but we'll see. Um, I think, but like I said, it's going to be fun to watch between both those guys down um, down the race. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting. Um, definitely with all those quarterbacks, um, it's been. A crazy two decades for all of those guys. Um, what are we in 2019 now? We're going into another decade in a couple in a week and a half. So to say that these guys have pretty much lasted the better portion of two decades, Brady being drafted in 2000, um, Breeze in 01, yeah, Breeze in 01, the other three in 04, uh, Manning, Peyton Manning 98. That's pretty much. Um, in the same realm, yeah. Those are the, the that's the cream of the crop when it comes to quarterback play the last two decades. Oh, no question about it. Yeah. Um. And, and the crazy thing about it too is when you just go over the list of all the guys who came and went during that time, we we've actually come up with quite a list here. And so just um, you, you know, starting off, we have Donovan McNabb who played with the Eagles, Carson Palmer. Um, who you know Bengals and the, the Bengals. Uh, Cardinals, yeah, yeah. He was he was an MVP candidate the the year that um he went to the they they made the playoffs and then gets his ACL torn. Oh yeah, against yeah. the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think his career was ever the same after that. He had some Decent good years, years with but... uh with with the, the the Cardinals after he decided to quote unquote retire. Um, <laughs> and played for the Raiders one year. Yeah, Hugh Jackson got him out of retirement to yeah. to to um. Was it uh, filling for Jason Campbell? Yes. Um, but you know Carson Palmer was was a really good quarterback during his career. Just never really got it done in the playoffs. Um, Kurt Warner, the guy who filled in for for Trent Green after he got hurt, and got him and got the Rams to a Super Bowl in ninety and uh, ninety. One of the, the the most efficient and elite offenses that we'll ever see. The yes. greatest show on turf. Oh, no question about it. Yes. Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, Marshall Falk. Oz Akeem. Ricky uh, Prohl. Ricky Prohl in the slot. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, no doubt. Man, that, that, that was an amazing team and probably one of the better Super Bowls that we will have ever seen. Oh, no question about it. I mean, you, when, you, when, you have, when you have a Super Bowl come down to two yards, come down to a final yard, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, man, that was uh, he 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 led some of those. He, I mean, those 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 car. I mean, those uh, those Rams teams. They only won one Super Bowl, right? They won one Super Bowl. They've been to two. I remember the first Super Bowl. They lost they, one to the Patriots. They lost the first one to the Patriots. Their the, second the, one to the Patriots. No, no, no. The, 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 second, the Patriots' first Super Bowl. The Patriots' first Super Bowl win was against the Rams. Yes. Can you imagine that Super Bowl if it would have been the Raiders' offense versus the the uh, the Rams' offense? Oh my God! I mean, honestly, I think it would have probably been. It, it might have been some records in a Super Bowl that might have been uh, established that would never have been broken. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thought, but. Uh, 
Yeah, man, and he goes on to he has what um, a, a miserable time in. Did he play for New York before he went to Arizona? He played for New York. Remember, he was the placeholder for Eli Manning, and yeah. then he just uh, started having a lot of fumbling problems behind a bad offensive line, and he didn't want to be the um, the babysitter did, for Eli Manning. And then, did, did he have some concussion issues up there too? He had one, and then he was like, you know what? I don't need this, especially when Eli Manning is going to be the uh, the, the guy. The guy. It's time for me to move on. And, yeah. And what happens? He ends up going to the Cardinals, and where he just like does it with Anquan Bolden, Larry Fitzgerald. Gerald gets, gets, gets into a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I, I mean that was a that was also a good Super Bowl that they played in. Yeah, I mean when you talk about it, I mean the Cardinals when they went with, with Kurt Warner, I mean they had I think really probably their best uh, best sequence of, uh, of, uh, of of success. I mean Anquan Bolden was 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 the tough guy over the middle, and Larry Fitzgerald is you know presidential. So I mean. Really, Kurt Warner, um, as as one of the better quarterbacks as in in that era in the two thousands, you know, got a Super Bowl ring with the Rams, and 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 so when you look at it, he's he's in that he he was in terms of you know realm, he was with the Brady's, the Mannings, and he's a Hall of Famer. You know, now that I think about it, I was like, um, I, I mean, because he's already retired, we're not talking about him. But he, I think he probably does belong in that category with the five quarterbacks that we just named, especially given the fact that he was bagging groceries a couple weeks before he started throwing for the guys on the best best show on turf, the greatest show on turf. Yeah, I mean, look at it. Uh, Kurt Warner, I mean, he, he come from humble, humble beginnings. I mean, the man played in the Arena Football League. I mean, to me, it's still, you know, for the, uh, for the Iowa Barnstormers, the whole yeah, that famous story. He was a bad clerk. Uh, the guy was just just super talented. It just finally got with uh, you know Dick Vermeil and the Rams and just yeah. and yeah. just hey, I mean this that what happens when you have a good offensive line in front of you. Yeah, you, you got a quarterback who he, just stand and, back there and throw the ball. And he was he was a Heinz Ward touchdown away from a second Super Bowl. No question about it. I mean, you know, he was a, or no no not even a Heinz Ward. Was um, Santonio Holmes. Santonio Holmes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, it was. I mean, but 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 still, I mean, yeah, he could have had two. He could have had two rings, um, definitely cementing his Hall of Fame um, status. But I mean, let's face it: when you got a guy like you know in that same that grew in that pretty much played that same era, like with uh, Jeff Garcia was a good one. Michael Vick uh, basically changed the way we watched football, we, mm-hmm. the way that defensive calls uh, plays. I mean, we just gave a shout out to Lamar Jackson for surpassing his record for, yeah. for rushing yards. And, in the and, and honestly, and Michael Vick, he'll admit to you if he had some of the skill set that Lamar Jackson had, he would have been doing the same thing that yeah. um, that Jackson is doing right now. And and to be honest, Michael Vick was the. You know, I don't think he had the career that a lot of us expected him to have, but I think he did. He was a transcendent player in the sense that he did open up the door for the the type of mobile quarterback that we see today. Sure. I mean, you got to think about it. People wanted, you know, when they see a guy like Michael Vick, they wanted to quickly, especially at the pro level, they want to change him to a wide receiver, running back or something like that. Mm -hmm. Michael Vick just had a cannon. And, I mean, look at Lamar Jackson. I mean – Bill Polian, um, longtime NFL exec, um, built a couple of good teams. Those Buffalo Bills that lost four straight Super Bowls. He was the architect in getting those guys. He told Lamar Jackson, "Hey, you know what? I think you know he needs to change into a wide receiver." He's he's recently come out and said that he was totally wrong on that, and that's great. But 
Lamar Jackson, he's up there with Patrick Mahomes, uh, Deshaun Watson, this new breed of quarterback yeah. that is going to take the NFL by storm uh, for the next 10, 15 years because defenses are, you know, are going to have tough times defending them, and they're just so super talented. Yeah, and I really hope that these guys are really the next batch of quarterbacks that we talk about in 2037, mm-hmm. you know, the way that we're talking about these guys, right? Real quickly, who do you think out of the three guys, um, Lamar Mahomes. Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, or um, Deshaun Watson, who wins the Super Bowl first? Ooh. Yeah, see, you thought I was going to say who would I pick. Who do you think is going to win a Super Bowl It might Bowl be first? Lamar Jackson because I think he's going to win it this year. Oh, okay. Um, but we'll see. I, I mean, because the Chiefs – They've kind of they they've kind of underachieved just based on the expectation before the year started. But, but they, they beat Baltimore. You can this get year healthy though. at the right time. Exactly. They did beat Baltimore. And this so year we'll see how that goes, man. Um, definitely the winner of those two teams will probably end up beating the Niners in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I had to throw that can in you there. just go ahead and boo yourself for that? All right, one? <laughs> Press it now. I'll do it. I will do it. Oh, that was a bad call. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a bad call. Yes, it was yeah, a bad yeah, call. But, uh, I mean, next on the list, we had Jake Delong, who, who was pretty a pretty good quarterback. With he was a serviceable quarterback. Yeah. And honestly, um, if you ask Steve Smith um, of the NFL Network, Steve Smith will tell you probably the best quarterback he's ever played, played with was Jake Delong. I mean, yeah. the guy was, like I said, it was just – he was. It was funny. He had a mixture of Brett Favre, but the guy was super accurate. Yeah, Cam Newton will probably feel some type of way about that. Cam Newton's always going to feel some type. Of, he's going to feel some type of way because he won't be in Carolina this yeah. year. Another guy that I actually just thought of, okay. who, who who to me was a lot like Big Ben, Byron Leftwich. I don't know why we we overlooked uh, Byron Leftwich. You know what? It's funny. Well, I, the the funny thing was that I looked at Jacksonville a, a bunch of times and I was like. Who played quarterback between like David Mark Gar- Brunel and now you know yeah. like David Garrard? David Garrard is another guy that I remember um, as a good quarterback. But Byron Leftwich, I remember him playing for um, Marshall, and he got carried. Yeah, yeah he had a by ba- the lineman. Like, he broke, I believe, he broke his ankle or really sprained it real bad. And I just remember his offensive lineman carrying him up to the to the uh, to the line of scrimmage because he just could not put any weight on it. But I always thought that Byron Leftwich was always a tough guy to me, a good quarterback. Um, he's got a Super Bowl ring um, as a you know as Ben Roethlisberger's uh, backup up in uh, in uh, Pittsburgh. But yeah, Byron Leftwich was a good serviceable quarterback in Jacksonville. Um, you know, big strong arm. Um, wasn't the most mobile guy, but. You could t- you could win a game or two. He just with him. took too many hits. And that honestly, that and, and it's funny you say that because if I think we were talking about um, David Carr earlier um, before we kind of started um, getting um, getting the show rolling. David Carr, I think was he was shell shocked after getting hit so many times. The man has an NFL record was sacked seventy one times in, the, in his rookie year. I mean, yeah, or second year, and that to me right there, that shell that that that, that leaves you shell shocked. So I think. A guy like you just mentioned, uh, Byron Leftwich, was hit so many times, he was hurt so many times that you know what? I don't need this. I don't need this game. Yeah, and uh, I mean transitioning. There's actually another tier of quarterbacks that we're just gonna run through right now. Some of them we would probably call bust. Some of them uh, uh, just a, a lower tier of service serviceable quarterbacks. But another batch of quarterbacks who we who we have seen come and go. Just to give you a little bit more context around how great those quarterbacks were was um jake Plummer, 
Jake Plummer, yeah. I mean, he, he had an okay career with the Cardinals, but he really made more hay with the Broncos. With the Broncos, yep. Yeah. Uh, Tim Couch, Tim bust. Ca- oh, no. Any, anytime that you're associated with the Cleveland Browns, I mean. I couldn't even make him good on Madden, bro. You couldn't. You couldn't just uh, update the attributes. You know the, how, the, uh, how they progress through each season. You I couldn't, couldn't give them more awareness. No more. You couldn't give them a 99 on awareness and eighty nine ninety on uh, arm strength. Nah, man. I would. I would hit. <laughs> do, I would do the little tennis ball drill, and I would. I would. I would stick him to the left, and he would go right. And I'm just like, bro. It's, I'm not even going to do that. He was that. hearing footsteps behind a bad offensive line. Achilles Smith. Next, Oregon. Oregon Duck. Next. Jamarcus. Thirty nine million stolen from the Raiders. Drinking that purple stuff, Sam Bradford, another guy that just you know what was paid heavily by uh by the Rams and I mean was a serviceable guy, but it, yeah, next. He also played for the Vikings, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He played for the Vikings. Played for the it's kind uh, of a check down, Charlie. But she, yeah, and it just seemed like to me like he was just never, I, he was just never to me like a guy that I can just win a win. No, I can never win yeah, a championship yeah, yeah, yeah. around. No, I couldn't. Aaron Brooks had some good seasons with the Saints. Um, Joe Horn, I remember um, Hollywood Horn um, pulling up the cell phone in the uh, back of the end zone. Um, you know, I, I just thought Aaron Brooks. I just remember one of his lasting impressions. I think he threw the ball backwards as a Raider. Um, that that was during an era where players went and got paid by Al Davis and then just let their career die. Oh yeah, I, I just remember when the Raiders traded uh, for Richard Seymour, the uh, the Randy Moss trade. Richard Seymour basically came to the Raiders and got paid and pretty much withered away. I mean, look at Derek Burgess, uh, like some of these names. D'Angelo just, Hall. D'Angelo Hall stole eight million from Al Davis blind man. He stole that eight million dollars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, a guy like uh, yeah. Uh, um, Aaron Brooks was had a serviceable little career with the Saints, but you know when he got to the Raiders, it was just never the same. Mark Sanchez, a guy that's taken the remember took the Jets to two AFC title games. Um, His career is going to be most known for the butt fumble, and that's sad, ain't it? Well, if you're an athlete, right? You just want your career to remember that just you ran, you just run into some another guy's ass, like <laughs> you're you, that's what your career was. Because let's be let's be real about it. Mark Sanchez has more playoff wins than certain quarterbacks. It's know? hard for me to talk shit about these SC quarterbacks with my wife being a, a SC lifer, man. Mm-hmm. Every week is fight on, but uh, the next guy on the list is Matt Leinart. Another guy that I thought, to me, I thought he let, he stayed in school too long. I thought, you know, after his junior year um, that he should have went pro, but he, but he stayed and took ballroom dance in his last year at USC. Just to be eligible, to just to play football, like he could have easily just left school after graduating and, you know, becoming one, you know, leading them to the second straight national title where they just absolutely boat raced Oklahoma, um, in the Orange Bowl. Uh, Dwayne Jarrett was was a phenomenal. Reggie Bush, uh, um, Lindell White was one of my favorite guys. Um, Went to the Titans. Yeah, matter of fact, I was in, um, like I said, was living in uh, Nashville when they when the Titans drafted Lindell White and. And I thought he was, you know, was a stud, and and, and all of a sudden he drank too much tequila, ate too many, uh, and too many check, uh, checkers late night, and got pretty much ate himself. Liner, Liner, he was supposed to be Kurt Warner's successor. Absolutely right. Okay. Yeah. 
the next guy who uh, also linked to was he was he linked to Liner or Sanchez, but Vince Young. You might as well say that Vince Young and Matt and Matt Liner are, are linked together because I mean the Rose Adam, Bowl. Yeah, well, even that. So um, one of the best college football games. One of the greatest college football games I ever played. But I remember being when I was living in. Nashville. You didn't play in that game, man. Huh? You. <laughs> Oh, I said I played in it? Yeah, oh, you said oh, you played in it. I wish I did play it again. <laughs> but you know what, though? But honestly, though, Chris, I was living in Nashville when um, going to school down there when they drafted uh, Vince Young. So the rumor was was that Jeff Fisher, who's a USC guy and was coach of the Titans at the time, wanted Matt Liner. He thought Matt Liner was more polished, was the more um, better quarterback that would could fit in, the, in, in today's NFL. But that, but the owner, uh, Bud Adams, uh, the late Bud Adams, um, wanted Vince Young because Bud Adams was a Houston guy, and of course, he saw you know Vince Young is a Houston guy growing you know through and through, and he just wanted to stick it to the Texans. So what did he do? The owner overruled the coach, drafted, um, told him to draft uh, Vince Young. They draft Vince Young. He had a couple of. Uh, Flashes. He was actually AFC Rookie Offensive the Offensive Rookie of the Year um, his first year, but you know they uh, he becomes and I believe he was uh, actually a Pro Bowl replacement um, quarterback. So Vince Young had a couple of a little early success um, with the Titans, but he had one. I believe, as a matter of fact, I remember like it was yesterday. He played uh, the first game of his second year. He's throwing interception after interception to the uh, Texans. He couldn't stay out them strip clubs, bro. Oh, matter of fact, he was a big. This guy Vince Young was all over Nashville. This man would always would take a, have huge parties at Fleming Steakhouse, driving up in the big um, turquoise uh, Ford F one fifty with the with the Tex with the with the Longhorns in the front. Um, Vince Young. Um, was a guy that had so much, you know, had all the fame and fortune early, but didn't really live up to it. And he could have played a lot better. Yeah, man. Uh, the next guy on the list, Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins was one of those guys that, if you needed it, he was, he was better as a backup. He was a spot starter. Um, you being a Raider fan, you remember him. Um, when, no, I don't, I don't remember much of what he did as a Raider. Oh, you don't remember him throwing them long balls to uh to uh Randy Moss when Randy Moss didn't want to he go over did, the middle. He did though. He he <laughs> was the guy when Randy Moss came over. Yeah, and I mean, Kerry he had Cow- a cannon. He had a cannon. Yeah, but matter of fact, when he was drafted by the Carolina Panthers, um, he was the, pretty much their franchise quarterback. Uh, got him with it. Got him to the NFC Championship game and play, had some you know had some decent seasons, but um. You know, started you know got his jaw broken by uh, Bill Romanowski in a preseason game on on a sack and and uh, pretty much didn't play uh, that well for Carolina. Leaves Carolina gets traded to uh, the Saints, um, plays decent there, and then what he does he do? He signs with the Giants and helps them to a Super Bowl. But Kerry Collins was a decent quarterback. I don't know, man. I would say that they got to the Super Bowl because Jason Seahorn sure locked down that? Randy Moss. Oh God. I mean, forty-one to nothing. I mean, hey, you might as well say that Jason Seahorn, who's married to, uh, who's married to Angie Harmon, um, the great uh, from uh, Law and Order. Uh, Jason Seahorn. I just remember my last impression of seeing Jason Seahorn is when he's trying to tackle somebody by pulling his pants up on the field. I mean, that's the last time I remember Jason Seahorn doing anything. That's hilarious, bro. <laughs> Josh Freeman. Uh, you know what? Can we say that this might be Jameis Winston um, 
before James Winston? Because remember, the Bucks drafted this guy. He had so much talent. So much talent at K-State. Matter of fact, he helped lead Tampa Bay under Raheem Morris to a 10-6 record. And everybody thought he was the next big coming of a, of a, of a pure passer. When, I, when, I was li- when I was living in L.A. 2011, 2012, um, Colin Cowherd, I used to listen to him on ESPN Radio every morning. Mm-hmm. He was so high on Josh Freeman. A lot he, of people were. He had him up there with with Aaron Rodgers as yeah. just being the future of the NFL. Yeah, I mean he had a strong a strong arm, good like he was just a big like six five quarterback, six six, um, two forty, thick, big arm. You know, he was the, he was the next prototypical big quarterback. Yeah. But, you know, Tampa Bay, it's it, it's it's the Bucks. So much turnover. Um, he started to um, get a little lax. Matter of fact, um, when Greg Schiano, who ended up um, going back, who went back to uh, Syracuse, was the head coach, um, the team had to have like a, uh, I believe, a team picture day, and um, and right afterwards they were to have some type of um, community service um, um, charity event. Josh Freeman was late to that. He overslept. You know, and you're supposed to be the face. You're supposed to be the franchise quarterback. You don't have that luxury to be out here, uh, up here skipping out, of, skipping out of events like that. So, he, you know, that pretty much was one of his downfalls. Was just that he never really took ownership of being what it means to being a pro, uh, a pro quarterback. Because when you're a pro starting quarterback, the scrutiny comes at you, come at you so much harder than than any other position. And that's when, honestly, with Josh Josh uh, Freeman, you just you just hope that he could have become a better quarterback, but he never did. David Carr, shell shocked, shell shocked, and, yeah. and we we were talking about this before we got on. Like, there uh, that David offensive Carr, line. Oh, you know what? And, and we've always said it: a quarterback's best friend isn't the tight end, isn't the running back; it's offensive line. That guy, those guys up front are supposed to protect that guy, give him the time to survey the field, find an open guy. He was the first. Was he, was he the first franchise quarterback to hit Houston? There you go. Yeah, good. As a, I mean, as a Texan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the first. He was the. He was. Because let's not forget that the Oilers once. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. You know. But no, the Houston. He was the first Houston Texans quarterback. I mean, they they drafted him. They ended up um, in the expansion draft taking. Um, Tony Baselli, who was one of the better offensive linemen at the time before his I got to also make a correction because uh, last week you said that Tony Baselli took Rich Gannon out when it was Tony Siragusa. That, see, I have my Tonys wrong. There you go. Thank See, th- and this is the show. This is the show we were able to correct each other without any issues. Yeah, Tony Tony Siragusa just literally just felt the house just fell on Rich Gannon. Yeah. But, yeah, Tony Baselli um, with the Jags, uh, the offensive lineman, his shoulder, his shoulder rotator cuff was never the same. So that right there, um, David Carr was already uh, working uphill because his his rock, his anchor, was would never play for the uh, the Texans. So he was already behind a patchwork offensive line, um, constantly getting sacked maybe four or five times a game. Seventy one sacks in a season for a quarterback on a quarterback is an NFL record. It's it's a trip because when you just think about all these quarterbacks, we talk about a generation worth of football, a bunch of bust, a bunch of mediocre to probably great quarterbacks, probably guys who will never make the Hall of Fame. When you talk about McNabb, Carson Palmer, Kurt Warner's probably going to make it. Just beat. Kurt Warner's in the Hall of Fame. Kurt, Kurt Warner's going to make it. He's going to make it. 
Culpepper, Jeff Garcia, Mike Vick. It'll be up in the air. I don't think he'll ever get in just Mike, because of the whole dog thing. Yeah. People I, can't see through that. No, no, no. People can't see through that. If there was a, a, a wing of the Hall of Fame for guys who just transcended the game yeah. in terms of bringing it to really, more, not even more so of a mainstream, but keeping it really a young man's game. Michael Vick. I mean, you got to think about it. When, when Michael Vick entered the league, he was just a different breed of quarterback. Um, excuse me. Uh, left-hander, um, a guy that just just seemed like he can just just run right past you, juke you everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I think he would have gotten better if I think if he would have taken the game a little bit more uh, seriously. Yeah. Michael Vick would prob would have probably been a close to a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. Um, all that I I mean you know what I'm gonna actually take this to another level. Sure. Let's bring it to another level. Because when it comes to that time where Big Ben ends up on the ballot, I will be the first person on Twitter talking about the rape charges and the egregious police report, okay, the, the, okay. the stuff that came okay. on the police report. You know what? You know what? Why? I, I don't want him in Why? I don't want him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, if that's the case then, I mean, if we're if we're if we're going to judge guys for what they did off the field to prevent them in the Hall of Fame, then there's then half the Hall of Fame would not be a Hall of Fame. Everybody who's a writer probably wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Exactly. I mean, and let's face it, and I'm and I love and I would live and die for Lawrence Taylor. Okay, Lawrence Taylor is one of my favorite players. If we're judging what he did off the field, Lawrence Taylor's not a Hall of Famer. Okay, so give me the guys like like I'm one of these old school guys that hey, okay, he does what he does off the field, but can he help me win? On, and I and I texted you this the other day. If he can help me win on Sunday, I'm fine with it. You know what? The NFL football doesn't have Boy Scouts. Let's be real about it. Football does not have Boy Scouts. I, I need some of my guys to have a have a checkered pass. I need it, but can he play for me on Sunday? Can he get me that sack? Can he get me that touchdown? That's all I ask. That's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, man. I mean, these guys aren't political scientists. No, no. Offensive linemen are. Pri- you know what? It's funny. Um, if you if you want to take it to that take it that level, go back and when you when you look at a guy in college, right? Who are usually the smart? Who are the guys that have the highest GPA among college football players? The offensive linemen. I was going to say, is it the offensive linemen? It's the offensive linemen, or is the quarterback? But we'll get into that in a bit because uh, I like how you have it broken down to uh, <laughs> when we do our pick section, our pick session. Um, one of the bowls for a certain quarterback. I I can't wait for that. But yeah, I mean that's what it comes down to, dude. Like I mean, let's face it. Yeah. Um. I don't really have much more on the topic. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I we, we talked about all those quarterbacks, and the ones that reign supreme are the five that we initially talked about. No so question I, about I it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, even, you know, the way I feel about Big Ben, but when you talk about uh, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, the Manning brothers. So we're just so we're just and, going to say these were the best quarterbacks of and the, of the, two, the, of those the are the guys. Those are first ballot Hall of Famers. No question. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famers, and so you know I, I think their window is probably the next, you know, one to two years. I'd be surprised if any of those guys make it beyond the next three years. Um, I think I, I don't. I think ben, Big Ben would be crazy to try and come back given that he was pretty much a, a guy that I talked about was like 
Byron Leftwich. Right. Play through some of the worst injuries. So I think he would probably be better off just like leaving the game with his current legacy. But, you know, when we talk about, you know, just those five quarterbacks, man, just, you know, enjoy the next year or two that they have. Um, they are a class of quarterbacks that we will always remember when it comes to the decades of the, the 2000s and the 2010s. So just, you know, a hats off and a salute to those guys um, for the entertainment that they provided to the NFL just the last 20 years. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, the next thing we got coming up, man, uh, after all those quarterbacks is we're going to talk a little bit more football, but it's really it's really your picks, man. So we're going to get into these Let's Week 16 it. games, man. Important football coming up. The, That's right. Um, the week 16 picks, man. We got, we got some good football coming up. We got um, a rivalry game starting in the NFC North, Baltimore at Cleveland. I'm going to go with Baltimore. I mean, they, they've won 10 straight games. I mean, Cleveland has no life left in them. Um, you got players talking about who uh, <laughs> come get me. You know, Jarvis Landry, uh, OBJ. I'm going to bring it, say, Cleveland. Cleveland's going to lose this one. Baltimore's going to be all over them. Baltimore's all, is, is, is just running rough shot. Give me the Ravens. Next up, the AFC East matchup between... Buffalo um, heading to Foxborough. You know what? Saturday, uh, if you ain't got, if you don't have your uh, Christmas shopping, uh, if you got your Christmas shopping done, you're not. You're gonna be like me, sitting around watching nothing but football. And this is gonna be pretty much the best game of of the weekend, uh, especially on Saturday. I like Buffalo in this one. To be quite honest with you, I love their defense. I love the fact that. They have one of the best um, secondaries, uh, highlighted by Tredavious White. The guy's a stud. Buffalo went into Pittsburgh last week and won a huge game. Um, They won 10 games for the first time in 20 years, of all all things. Um, 1999 was the last year that they won uh, 10 games. And I think this year they have a great chance of winning the AFC uh, East and possibly maybe having a first-round bye. Give me the Buffalo Bills uh, winning this one. I hope it's snowing. Next up on the schedule is Carolina at Indianapolis. Nobody really cares about this game, but I'm going to go with Carolina in this one. Indy um, just got throttled by the Saints on Monday Night Football. Drew Brees ended up establishing the NFL's uh, all-time breaking, uh, all-time touchdown uh, mark by passing uh, Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady. So give me the Carolina Panthers in this one. Say no more. Next up, the Joe Burrow Bowl, Cincy at Miami. We were talking about this earlier. I'm going to go with uh, Miami in this one. I think uh, Miami um, will be the ones who will uh, win this game, but um, I still think that Cincinnati is going to come out with a tough fight. Um, when it comes down to it, uh, Andy Dalton is still there. Cincinnati kind of got boat raced by uh, the Pats. But, yeah, give me Miami in this one. Detroit at Denver. Uh, another game where no one really cares about. I will take uh, I will take the uh, the Broncos who are um, who are a Jekyll and Hyde team. Um, Broncos are at home. Uh, Drew Locke is a is a, is a fast rising uh, young QB that they are hoping to build around. Give me Denver winning this one. Say no more. Houston at Tampa Bay. Another Saturday uh, Saturday uh, early uh, Saturday game. Um, Houston is uh, nine and five. They look like they're going to control the AFC South. 
Um, Tampa Bay, um, Mike Evans isn't playing. Um, Chris Godwin, they're both on IR, so it looks like it's going to be uh, Bashar Perryman, uh, Perryman as the uh, number one guy. Uh, give me Houston, who's on a roll right now. Jacksonville at Atlanta. Um, you know what? These, both these guys, uh, both these teams are um, are looking uh, for the end of the year. Jacksonville just got rid of uh, Tom Coughlin, their longtime um, executive vice president. Um, uh, they have uh, Jacksonville are coming off, you know, finally snapped their five game losing streak against the Raiders last week in Oakland, um, stealing the uh, the victory over the Raiders. But I like Atlanta because they went ahead and had a big win over uh, the 49ers. Um, Matt Ryan and the, and the rest of the crew are trying to keep Dan Quinn's uh, job, but it's going to be tough. Um, but I like Atlanta in this one. Give me Atlanta. Next up, your squad, the Los Angeles Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. Well, you already know where I'm going with this one. I love the 49ers because the Niners um, are coming off of a big loss against the, against the Falcons where they really uh, – I think they took the team lightly um, after the, uh, the three-game uh, set against uh, – the, against the Ravens, the uh, the the Packers, and uh, and uh, the Saints. So give me the 49ers in this one. The New Orleans Saints at the Tennessee Titans. I like this game. This game has um, has uh, sexiness written all over it. Uh, the Saints are uh, are trying to keep up with the 49ers and the uh, Packers for uh, for one of those um, top uh, two first round buys in the uh, in the playoffs. But Tennessee are coming off of a close loss against the uh, the Texans. Um, on um, uh, last week for the division, um, t- not the Texans. Yeah, Texans and Tennessee. Titans. Yeah, you're yeah, right, you're Texans right, and right, Titans right. played last week, and I would go with. Honestly, I think the Saints are going to win this one, but don't be surprised if the Titans are able to sneak this one. But my heart says, uh, my heart says the Texans. Uh, excuse me, the Titans. But my mind is telling me that the Saints are going to win this one. Uh, another terrible game on the schedule: the New York Giants, the New York Football Giants, at the Washington Redskins. You know what? The, uh, both these teams are, are looking for the offseason. Um, both of them had a long, um, just down uh, seasons. I like the I, I like Eli Manning and the Giants in this one. Um, they've been playing hard the last uh, two weeks with Eli Manning uh, back in the helm. Washington is just a shell of themselves. Uh, um, give me, yeah, give me the Giants in this one. Eli's final game at the Meadowlands. That's right. Send him out, send him out in a in a, in a heap of glory. I'm just kidding, man. It's called MetLife. But uh, the next up, next game on the schedule is the Oakland Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm gonna go with the Chargers in this one. Um, the Raiders, uh, the Raiders can't can't believe they lost that one last week uh, to the to the Jacks, where they were holding a 16 to six lead in the fourth quarter. Derek Carr and the Raiders look like they are already um, pretty much are on their way to Vegas. Um, actually, I'm going to take the Raiders. I'm going to switch that back up. I'm going to take the Raiders in this one because the uh, the, the Vikings played uh, the Chargers last week and forced seven turnovers from the Chargers. Four by Eli, uh, excuse me, by um, Phillip Rivers. Three interceptions and a fumble. Give me the Raiders in this one before the bounce back. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the New York Jets. I actually like the New York Jets in this one. The, the the Pittsburgh Steelers, excuse me, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I think they, they dropped a huge one against the uh, the uh, against the, the Bills. Bills last week. Um, um, I think that I think I think really the Steelers are, are pretty much on their last legs. Uh, Juju Smith hasn't played. Um, they are they are holding on by 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 a good defense, but I think the Jets um, 
they didn't. The Jets got you know lost last week, but they for some reason they always bounce back um, after a loss. I'm gonna take the Jets in this one. A nice little nugget in that game is Heinz Ward is on the New York Jets coaching staff, and Le'Veon is returning to play his former team. And they said that, uh, and Heinz Ward said if the, if the Jets were to win, he wants a Gatorade bath. So I would love to see that. Hey, me too, man. Last game on the schedule, um, Kyler Murray um, of the Arizona Cardinals takes on Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. You know what? The Seahawks um, have had, uh, I believe that game's up in Seattle. Um, that t- the game has been, t- that game is tough. Um, give me the, give me Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle, but you know me. I'm looking forward to Week 17 with the Niners and, uh, and Seahawks for all the marbles in the NFC West. My mistake. That actually wasn't the last game on schedule. We have three more, so the next one is um, <laughs> the game that's going to decide the NFC East, Dallas at Philadelphia. I'm not a huge – you know, when it comes to Stephen A. Smith's football um, acumen, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I do, I do follow this. For the Cowboys, whatever goes wrong will go wrong. Whatever hap- whatever happens to go wrong will go wrong. I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. I think the Eagles are primed to win this one. Um, the Cowboys are, are are teetering right now. I like the Eagles. So the Eagles are going to host the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> now, San Francisco is still going to finish with the number one seed. Watch. You watch it. All right, man. Kansas City at the Chicago Bears. That's a Sunday night game. Um when the season came, when the uh, schedule came out, a lot of a lot of people thought this was going to be a real good uh, Sunday night game. Uh, I'm going to go with Kansas City. I think Kansas City um, is going to be a tough, uh, tough for them to score, but I, I think they have enough uh, enough offensive players, um, enough offensive firepower, I should say, to win this game. I got Kansas City going up to, to going up to uh, Soldier Field and winning this one. You had Buffalo at New England as your best game of the week. Yes. What do you think about this Green Bay at Minnesota game? Ooh. I would say that to put you on the spot. Man. I know you do. Um, I mean, well, this is this. Well, Buffalo and uh, Buffalo and uh, New England is 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 best game one A. This is game one B. <laughs> Let's be real about it. Like Green Bay and Minnesota are going to be a real another another. As a matter of fact, this might be one 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 C because we got Philadelphia and Dallas earlier. But yeah, Green Bay at Minnesota. It's for the division too. Um, Minnesota is trying to overtake Green Bay. Green Bay's already got a victory over them overhand. I like Minnesota in this one. Even though there's no there's no Dalvin Cook, apparently, for Minnesota, I just think this is one of those games where Kirk Cousins is finally going to try to prove the doubters wrong and be able to win a big game on Monday Night Football. Um, Minnesota, to me, is a, is a sneaky dark horse uh, team. If they get in the playoffs, they have a great def- – they have a good defense. Um Decent wide receivers uh, with uh, with Diggs and uh, and Thielen, um, good tight ends with uh, with Kyle Rudolph and Earl Smith, Irv, the rookie Irv Smith Jr. Give me Minnesota in this one. I like I like I like the I like the Vikings. And there you have it, people. Wrapping up the picks of Joe Hawks on the Plugged In podcast. Um, remember, they're his picks, not mine. So if you have some, yeah, shit to he, talk, he didn't. He did, yeah, he didn't want it up there. Uh, didn't have the stones to pick any games, but I, I, I took this one for us. So if you have some shit to talk about the picks, hit a, hit him up at Twitter at jlhb510. Yes, all not of me. Them here. Yes, not five, me. Yes, hit me up. Hit me up with the, if you have any uh, any issues with those picks. But uh, Chris didn't want to uh, pick because hey, he doesn't want to. 
Hey, man, NFL is your cup of tea, man. Next up, we have the NBA Christmas schedule, a.k.a. the beginning of the NBA season. First up on um, Christmas Day in the morning game, we have the Celtics at the Raptors. You know what? Celtics and the Raptors are two teams that are good in the East right now. The Raptors won their, you know, won their uh, won the title last year. Celtics um, with Campbell Walker this year um, have uh, have jumped out to one of the, I believe, the third best record in the East. Um, this is going to be a good game. I like the I like the Celtics going up to um, going up to Toronto and uh, and handing the um, handing the Raptors a loss. I just think that the the Celtics is to me one of the you know one of the better teams in the East. Uh, they I think they have enough to beat Philadelphia. They definitely have enough to beat um, uh, Toronto. But I think to me I think I think Boston um, I think Boston's going to come out the East to be real with you. The funniest thing about that game is just to say the defending NBA champion Toronto Raptors, bro. Like it's it's a trip because those are two teams that that were you know, top tier teams last year. Um, and I think the biggest storyline for them coming into the season was losing Kyrie and then, you know, the Raptors losing Kawhi Leonard. Um, so it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I definitely think that the Celtics should be able to take out the Raptors. Um, but, but like you said, I think it would be a good game. Um, and it, it'll, it'll be a good start to, to, to folks Christmas morning if they're looking forward to some Christmas basketball. Oh, definitely. Um, on top of wrapping up those last-minute gifts. Um, next up on the schedule, we have the Bucks at the 76ers. The, the, the Milwaukee Bucks have, have really jumped out to being one, the, the, the best team in the, in, in, uh, in the NBA. Um, the 76ers just recently lost their first home game. Um, to the Miami Heat, I believe they won their first uh, thirteen uh, home games. This is going to be honestly. This could possibly be the Eastern Conference uh, Finals. Um, I mean, I like, like I said, I like the Celtics coming out the East, but Milwaukee and uh, Philadelphia are two teams that everyone is thinking they're one of those two teams is going to come out, come out the East. Giannis Antetokounmpo is has taken his game to a whole nother level. If he adds a mid range jumper on top of the three-point range that he's looked like he's developing, Milwaukee's going to be a tough team. The thing about it is uh, it's the regular season. Do you think the Bucks are good enough to take that next step, make it to the final, not only make it to the finals, but also beat whoever comes out the West? Yeah. Um, I know it's. it might be uh, – it might be uh, – it might be a prisoner of moment uh, thinking, but – yeah, I think I think either one of those teams can come out the East and uh, and beat a Laker team, beat beat a Clipper team, um, Milwaukee. You know they, they they have the talent that's good around that that's surrounded um, Giannis with good shooting, um, tough defending. Uh, I like I like the Lopez twins being there in uh, in Milwaukee with them because Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez are two guys that can that does a lot of the dirty work. Uh, but yeah, I think I think. I think even though this is the regular season, I think Milwaukee or Philadelphia um, has enough to beat uh, anybody from the West. The game that'll have you turn off your TV to go make a plate, the Rockets at the Warriors. Yeah, I'm sure the NBA wishes that they can flex out of this game. Um, I mean, like I said, this was, of course, these schedules were made well in advance before all of these injuries and 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 uh, bad luck has happened to the Warriors. Uh, the Rockets are just an unbelievable team. They came. They had a big win against the uh, against uh, the Clippers on Thursday night. 
Um, James Harden is a leading scorer of the NBA, scoring, you know, averaging just under a shade of 39 points a game. It's funny, Giannis Antetokounmpo is second in the NBA, and he and he's like seven points behind. He averages seven points less than um, Russell. Uh, excuse me, uh, James Harden. James Harden and the Rockets. Uh, this is it, like this is their season to, I guess, finally try to make that move to the finals. Because look, the Warriors are having a down year, um, and they and the Rockets have always been close on that doorstep. But who is who? Old, who have they always ran into? Golden State. So I mean, I'm sure that the Rockets want to, you know beat down the Warriors as as much as possible, but they're going to beat down, beat down who? Kai Bowman? Eric Pascoe? I mean, I mean, let's face it. The Rockets are going to, you know, they're going to have a, they're going to have a good, uh, good Christmas day. Um, just basically uh, fine tuning their crap because I don't see the Warriors winning this one. Honestly, I would be surprised if the Warriors went 15 to 20 games this year. They already got five. They only got five wins. I'd be shocked if they went 15 to 20. I have nothing to say, man. The marquee matchup of Christmas Day, the Clippers at the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying this is the Western Conference Finals right here. Um, the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, Clippers, they're coming off that loss against the Rockets on Thursday night. The Lakers are also coming off the uh, loss against the Bucks. Um, Anthony Davis and uh, LeBron James look like they really um, play well together. Uh, the Clippers... Seems like it's been a seamless transition with uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, you know, these are two teams that we that we are figuring out that uh, that are going to that have a great chance at winning, um, coming out the West and representing the Western Conference in the finals. Um, but I would like this. I think that the I think that the uh, the Lakers, if they can get their um, you know their bench in uh, check, because Kyle Kuzma has not really played. Um, you know, due to injury, but I like the clip. I like the Clippers in this one. I think the Clippers um, have a little bit more. Um, their roster is a little bit more settled than the Lakers. If that if if that means anything. Yeah, man. Uh, it'll be interesting if they do play in the Western Conference Finals. They should probably set up the court the way that they do the Super Bowl games and have like the Lakers on one end with the Clippers logo on the other baseline. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I just think that would make good optics. It, <laughs> it would never happen, though, because the season ticket holders have their stake in the games mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So you would have the Lakers be host game. You know, they would have their host games, and then the Clippers would host their games. But that would be pretty crazy to have. You know, I it would probably be the first time in NBA history that the a conference finals was hosted in the same city. Yeah, Um Right in the same same city, all you're going to be doing is just flipping the floor over, yeah. um, and maybe covering up the Lakers banners as Doc Rivers likes. Yeah, he'll cover up the banners with like players uh, with, uh, with 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 uh, big banners of, of the of the Clippers uh, players over the uh, over the Lakers. What champion. will be interesting banners. is if the L.A. Kings play into playoff time. Wow, you know what? If that were to happen, just imagine the the uh, the arena crew working overtime in that one because you gotta think about it. Like the Clippers and the Lakers have a playoff game against each other, or they have a playoff game against separate opponents on the who knows maybe on the same day, <laughs> you know. And then the clip, and then the and then the um, and then the Kings the next day have a hockey game, like. 
trust me, it's cr- it would be it would be unbelievable. But I like I said, I think the Clippers and the Lakers that will be that that may be the best game on Christmas Day. I don't think it's too much to fear. I just looked, took a look at the NHL standings, and the Los Angeles Kings are fifteen and eighteen. So I. It would be shocking to see them come out the West. Um, last up on the schedules, we have the Pelicans at the Nuggets. This was with Zion Williamson in mind. This game was made with Zion Williamson in mind. I mean, he's still not – apparently he's not even close to being ready. Um, the Nuggets are another team that um, that have high expectations this year. People are saying that they may be a Western Conference final team. Um, still have good talent with uh, with uh, Joe Kidge and um, Jamal Murray, um, Paul Millsap, but um, the the um, the Pelicans have good talent too. But it's just that they're they're having a hard time winning in, the, in an ultra tough Western Conference where they're even thinking about trading uh, Drew Holiday. They're they're listening to offers for Drew Holiday now. Uh, last year there was a whole big thing about Anthony Davis if he wanted to stay or wanted to go. But I like, I like, I like the Nuggets in this one. I think the Nuggets are a better team. Um, again, I am a huge fan of uh, of uh, Nikola Jokic. He's a good player. Um, I'm a Gary Harris guy. He played at Michigan State. Real tough guy. Real good player. Jamal Murray, another guy. Um, I always liked Mike Malone. Mike Malone was one of the um, the head coach of the Nuggets. He was one probably the only guy that really got to Demarcus Russ. Uh, excuse me, uh, Demarcus Cousins. Um, really. Wanted the best out of him. Got he was on Mark Jackson's staff, wasn't he? Right, exactly. He was on Mark Jackson's staff. I actually, yeah, his his old man, Brandon Brandon Malone, is a long time um, assistant coach. He was part of the uh, the Bad Boy Pistons. Um, like that's where he cut his teeth at. But Michael Malone, to me, is one of the better coaches in the NBA. Real good defensive technician. Te- technician. Um, got got. He's got good players, and and they all play hard for him. So I think really the Nuggets have a good chance at uh at just beating the. Uh, the uh, Pelicans without uh, Zion Williamson. Yeah, man, we'll see how this Christmas schedule ends up playing out. Um, I do agree. I think the Nuggets are one of the better teams in the West. I, I would like to see them make a deep run. Um, and, you know, they have a bunch of guys who are just underdogs on that roster. You know, they're kind of like the team that's not really talked about, but they're also the team that's really good that'll just punch you in the mouth. Um, they have that home corner advantage. So, uh, we'll see how that goes out for them. That that goes for them. The Christmas schedule, um, which for the think, most part should yeah, be. Yeah, what do you think of the Christmas schedule overall? I think for the most part, it, it'll be entertaining. Um, a lot of the moves, you know, that were made during the off season, you couldn't really predict Steph Curry getting hurt. You knew Clay Thompson was going to be there, but you, as long as you had Steph, you thought that you know this game might rate well. Sure, but it's probably just sure. going to be like I said. People are going to get their plates, enjoy the food, spend time <laughs> with their family. <laughs> Once all that is done, they're going to turn the TV back on. Nobody's going to really watch that game. So um, we'll see how that goes, man. The, uh, the the schedule, I think, for the most part is solid. Um, the games are going to be good. The Pelicans, they don't have Zion, but they still have like a, some decent talent. Brandon but, Ingram is still there. Uh, Lonzo Ball will be coming off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, nobody's yeah. going to watch it. People are going to probably leave their parties. Mm-hmm. Like, like, no, you're right. I mean, when, it, when we look at overall the schedule itself, it looks like, again, the NBA put a good schedule in place before we knew about all the injuries. and everything. That Clipper, I'm telling you, that Clipper-Laker game is really going to be fun to watch. That's going to be, I mean, that's what everybody's going to be watching. That's going to break Twitter. 
you know, it better not be no load management, you know. That's another thing, too, is like, you know, I, matter of fact, you need to double check if um, if any if either one of those if either of those teams are playing on. Uh, there's Christmas there's Eve. no way they would schedule any any of them on a back to back. The NBA is not that stupid. Hey, we've seen we've seen the NBA up there sometimes trip over its feet before. I mean, so you never know. But I, I don't. I, yeah, you're right. I don't see them being that foolish and scheduling, especially the the, the those those two marquee teams. Uh, Marquee teams, I don't see them um, scheduling them on, like, Christmas Eve, and then all of a sudden, oh, Kawhi Leonard's only going to play two minutes, or LeBron's going to play, like, 15 or something like that. Yeah, there, there's no way the NBA is that stupid. You're right. But with that You're said, right. man, thank you for listening to the Plugged In thank Podcast. You. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. Um, go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Plugged In PCAST. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Chrissy underscore Hustle. That's Hustle spelled H-U-S-S-L-E. And you can also follow me at JLHB510 at JLHB510. And we are unplugged.